two, now they're out of timeouts. Down by two. One four three left. Down two. Gets a shot off. Down by two. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, wherever you are in this crazy, this crazy place that we call Earth. Uh, this is your host, Josh Elijah, for the Down by Two podcast, <laughs> and with my co-host to uh, my left or to my right, Jesse McKay, aka also known as Birdman. Yeah, burr, burr, burr. How's it going, buddy? Good. I feel like you, uh, you have you're a little rusty on the the intro because I. I crushed it the last time. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you did. Yeah, you, you you crushed it. Um, yeah, man. It's it's been it's been a minute. We haven't uh, done a done an episode in a couple of weeks uh, because we were too busy over at the so Grey busy. Cup in uh, the heart of the Hammer, where uh, I got a cool little uh, ladder cup. Mm. Mm, nice to see you using it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it uh, keeps me yet keeps me hydrated throughout the day here at the office um you wore that yeah, war- warm toque yet or what the warm oh, red tarp the toque it was uh <laughs> yeah i did it when i was uh when i was uh raking some leaves it's pretty good for raking oh, some leaves perfect. in the middle of autumn um yeah. yeah man uh what a crazy experience that was as the montreal alouettes uh beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, against the spread. Everyone's going Blue Bombers. Um, ex- well, I mean, a lot of Blue Bomber fans there, but then uh, every other CFL fan mm-hmm. that was there from any other team, they were all going for the Alouettes. So um, it was honestly, it was uh, an incredible game, an incredible experience, and uh, good to be back um, doing the show with you. Yeah, that's got to be like the best game we could have gone to, honestly. Like oh, the way man. everything unfolded and like all the hype going into it for winnipeg like it just felt like it was kind of a like you know a done deal and uh yeah just the way it ended it was just like shocking almost yeah no it was uh (laughs) and like by by the end of it it was just a, 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 a final play towards the end of the game and bombers could not come back and it was Man, like it, it was almost just sort of like shocked throughout the stadium as well. It's like, oh man, Montreal actually yeah. pulled it off. So yeah. um, crazy just partying with the players as well and uh, being able to chat with them before and after the game. All the coverage that we did. Uh, thank you to the CFL for the media credentials and for uh, giving that to us. And can't wait to punch your ticket next year as they have it in BC. Uh, so we'll be going out west for that uh, really cool experience. The end of the Canadian Football League season, end of the Argo season as well. Um, and that means that we are fully uh, ramped up for the NBA. Uh, so this episode, talking about our Raptors. It's been a minute. We're coming back to the wraps because um, we got, uh, speaking of media coverage, we're also going to be down at Scotiabank Arena this weekend covering the Raptors 905, which is... Uh, Fucking awesome. Yeah. First first and foremost. Uh this just came in through the pipe uh very, very recently. So very stoked to have that opportunity. It's gonna give us the opportunity to kind of 
get a good feel of what it's like to do media for uh, for the NBA, even though it's the G League, as we're heading down to Orlando as well, we're going to be able to get our feet wet when it comes to that. Um, and yeah, just really have a chance to uh, talk to some, some uh, amazing talent as well um, and get to meet the coaches. Um, very, very excited for that this weekend. Uh, but first, let's 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 talk a little bit about our Raptors and where we're at right now. Yesterday, they uh, or earlier this week, they uh, were able to knock off the Phoenix Suns after they had a seven-game win streak. But before that, they fell into the hands of the Brooklyn Nets um, in the in-season tournament, playing that game in Brooklyn. What are your thoughts on the Raptors? I mean, it seems like they're pretty Jekyll and Hyde right now. Like it reminds me a lot of what we've seen last year as well. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, where it's just like, great, you can't put together more than two wins at a time or two losses at a time, and you just kind of stay five hundred with you know just very mid um, at this point. What are your What are your thoughts? What are you feeling? Oh, it's super mid. But like, I don't know what What can you expect? They didn't really upgrade in the off season. If anything, they downgraded. So. The fact that we're even at this point is kind of surprising. Like, I'm, it's it's been a pretty good season in my opinion because of that, right? Like, and I think the main focus, like we were talking about earlier, was like, you know, let's just see the development of Scotty Barnes. Let's see the development of you mm-hmm. know some of these younger guys like Precious and and Gary Trent and yeah, possibly Grady Dick, but. I've I've seen some some good steps forward, but I don't think this is the year where they take a step forward in the standings and make the playoffs. Like I think that was kind of what we had to go into this year, kind of uh, expecting. You know, well, you look at some of these teams as well when it comes to the Indiana Pacers that are playing uh, incredibly. Off, like they're they're doing amazing. And Tyrese yeah. Halliburton is 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 him. Oh, he man. is him. He's he might have like one of the best basketball IQs in the game. That's like, what they're saying. It's it's, it's very very exciting. The highest offense, highest ranked offense in the league yep. as well. Our Orlando Magic as well. We're very excited. Hell to yeah, him. man, dude. Have coming off the the hottest start since 2011. We're talking Dwight Howard days. Uh, <laughs> Pat is, Bev, who? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, hello. Off. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, I just I want to revisit that common thread that I <laughs> that I started back there and uh, see what everyone's thinking because I got roasted online for being like, man, watch out for these magic. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta go back and revisit that. But um, let's let's not digress. Well, I mean, we're very excited to be getting into some magic coverage that will be coming in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, but our Raptors and you you hit the nail on the head. We want to see the progression from some of these players. Um. Want to see, you know, Darko, uh, who to me, I'm still not 100% sold on. Um, he seems really? to me, he seems to me a lot like, and this is, I've, I've heard this around a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of people that follow the Raptors and even fans as well, is that he's got that Ted Lasso sort of feel to him. And he's just sort yeah. of more of a, more of a cheerleader as opposed to, uh, as opposed to, you know, an actual coach which is like great if you're developing players but like you have a whole team here now and so it's just it, it, it's uh i don't know i'm not 100 percent sold on him yet i i like him don't get me wrong um he's, he's a bit quirky for my liking um that's something that i don't really look for in a head coach is just uh i don't know i mean we're gonna say we're gonna have to talk to him and, and meet him and suss it out for ourselves because we're gonna have that opportunity to do that in orlando um, so yeah, I mean, for Darko, I like, I just want to see the development with them, uh, with, uh, you know, the players that you mentioned, but specifically, specifically Birdman, you brought up Grady Dick mm-hmm. and 
I want to ask you, uh, just right here, I'll just throw it out there. Do you think Grady Dick is a bust? No, it's too early. It's been like it's been like a month or two. You know what I mean? Like, can't can't make that kind of judgment call this this early. There's no I way. I mean, I mean, so it, it's when I right. So when it comes to the the rookie race right now, I mean, it's Chet and Wendy. oh, I wouldn't that's, even. That's, that's, that's just, not that's, even that's, a thought. It's between, it's between those two, but you yeah. look at players like Scoot Henderson and Grady Dick, like like they they are getting eaten up by this league, and they're just not yeah. being able to perform quite the way that you that they that they should potentially at this point i mean like anthony black over on the on the on the magic is looking like he's such a, such a good role player and it right he's, yeah it's his rookie year you know it's uh it's really cool just but, from what i what i've read online is that raptors fans are concerned because our boy grady has been sent down to the g league so mm-hmm. so we may have the opportunity to cover him this weekend and be able to you know ha- may potentially ask him some questions we'll we'll see um if he's the I, it's when it comes to two ways i mean there could be an injury that pops up that you know requires him to be back on the raptors roster um as they have two games against the knicks this weekend one at home and the one away um so he may have to just fill some of those end bench spots but um are you concerned at all because when he goes down he, he went down the g league for at least a couple games and the first of which he put up a staggering two points uh, off of over six shooting from behind the arc. And he looked completely disengaged. He looked like he didn't want to be there. Um, and it's, it, it was a little bit sort of like, huh, you think you're a bit better than going down to the G league right now? Cause there are some skills that you need to work on potentially. I like, I don't mean to be harsh on him, but this is something that you need to be able to embrace. So like, are you worried? And is that kind of the behavior that's going to lead to a bust? You know, um, the only thing I would say to that is like the fundamentals of like why the Raptors drafted him was for the shooting. And you can fix that. You can fix all that. That's like, that's just body mechanics. You know what yeah. I mean? So if he's just out of rhythm right now, or is like not engaged in the play, those are things you can fix. I'd be more worried if like the, the talent level wasn't there or like, his ability to read the plays, you know, like stuff like that is really hard to teach because some people are just kind of born with the ability to read the game a different way, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's just too early to make a judgment call on that aspect. So sending him down is like not the end of the world to me. Cause it's like, okay, clearly he's just not getting the reps he needs in the NBA to improve the, sh- the shooting mechanics and, and things like that. Right. So I don't know how many minutes he's getting in the G league right now. I haven't really been a long attention. So a lot. Yeah. Hopefully it's just something that improves with more reps, you know, when, when it comes to, so I'm not saying because he's been sent down to the G league is a bust and you don't have to look any further. Yeah. 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 Pascal yeah. Siakam or Fred Van Vliet or even our boy Malachi Flynn. Right. Like like these are players that have been sent down to the G League to work on their fun. I'm looking at it as like he's getting more opportunity to work, you know, yes. instead yeah. of just kind of wasting away on the bench in the NBA, because you're Correct. not you're not really improving that way. 
What scares me though is when he puts forth that effort of just being like disengaged and not wanting to be uh, being like I belong in the NBA right now, and because that's what the sense that I got from that from that one G League game. And I mean, I could be completely wrong because he did put, come back and put up twenty two points after. Um, so potentially, I, like that's just the kind of attitude that that does concern me a little bit because when you're you know if, if you're just like i'm i'm better than this i should be in the nba but like man you haven't been able to keep pace in the nba at all like i don't know what watching him just iso on him and watch what watch the way he operates it just it, it seems like he's a couple steps behind because it is just so much faster pace in the nba so I mean, like, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the G League for, uh, you know, the month of December, especially when we get to go cover another game later this month. But uh, I mean, like, yeah, I I would like to see some of that because look what it did for players like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Like, that's why Masai went out and he wanted to build out the, the G League team. So um, I think yeah. this might just be like a very like quick reminder that like, hey, you know, just because you came in on draft day with your flashy red suit and your right, you know, your your Drake shout outs and your like this and that, like your like that goes to your attitude, head real quick, like, buddy. You're get, how can it not? You're getting humbled real quick by th- you know ninety five percent of the league that's better than you right now. And yes, I think this is just part of the growing pains, honestly. So I'm before hoping, any I'm before anyone sounds <laughs> off in the comments and starts calling me out, like I don't, I don't care. Like I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's a bust. Okay, it's just I, I, I would, I'd like to see a little bit more of a change of attitude. Because yes, like right at the very beginning of like before he even played a single NBA game, he like, he like it went to his head. It must have. How could it not? It would go to anybody's head. I mean, are you kidding me? Like your name is Grady Dick and you're in a Drake music video and you come in <laughs> wearing the ruby red suit. Like, uh, come on. Yeah. How could you not? Right. So so take the G League for what it is and and make sure that, you know, you you um, benefit from it and, and listen. Um, I mean, I, I guess it isn't all exciting right now because the Raptors are actually winless. This season, the Raptors 905, they are 0-8. Uh, not a good start, as they are going to be taking on the main Celtics, um, who are uh, much higher up. I think they're 4-2 in that division. So um, we're going to have the opportunity to go see players like Marquise Noel and uh, Freedom Liberty, uh, Freeman Liberty. Love, these, love those guys. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I actually have a question for you. Do you think that maybe the fans are a little bit to blame for this, like... Grady Dick narrative that you're that you're thinking about right now because like was there maybe too much hype put on him coming out of the draft and like you know him kind of playing into it almost and like you gotta you gotta look at from his perspective as well right like you're you're going to a Raptors team that finished 500 Scotty Barnes looked like maybe he was even gonna be a bust there was almost no progression in year two right Freddie just walks and then you get Dennis Schroeder as your backup plan. Like I'm sure him looking at the situation, he's like, these guys need me, man. Like I'm the savior. I'm the shooting savior. They don't have that. Right. And like the fans are like, yeah, we need it. Like 
We need I, you, buddy. I, I see where you're coming from with that. Um, I fucking hope not. I hope that's <laughs> not what he was running through his head uh, coming into this. I mean, you, you, like, you have not shot an NBA three up until just a few weeks ago. So, like, that that can't be it. Like, it's it's uh, it's uh, there's a whole lot more to it, and we're definitely going to get into it. And I, I, I just hope the fans, like the fans, are allowed to think what they want to think and and be able to react. I, I mean, that's just part of growing in the NBA as well is like being able to block out social media and what all the fans and what all the Toronto media is saying. Like at the end of the day, we don't really fucking know what goes into this, right? I mean, like, sure, we can have an outside perspective, but we can only speculate, and that's all we can really do. And that is why I'm really excited to be able to bring you this exclusive footage into the G League as well. And this is going to be a great, like I mentioned, a great sneak peek of what we have to come later on this year when it comes down to heading down to the Sunshine State. Um, and all of this is possible uh, with our, our good friends, um, our sponsors, uh, first of which, Cryer Media. Visit Cryer.co for all things DB2 and sports-related content by Indestructible. Visit Indestructible online and use Down by 2 for 15% off your next order. And then, of course, our friends over at Yup Beer. There they are. Yup, yup, yup. Visit yupbeer.com to find a location near you, now available in grocery stores and beer stores across Ontario. So that's it. That's our little preamble here. Uh, let's just switch you over to our coverage at Scotiabank Arena as we were live to be able to uh, give you media coverage and behind-the-scenes footage, um, chats with the coaching staff, um, and everything else in between uh, this weekend um, as the Raptors 905 took on the main Celtics. Enjoy. Here we are, Scotiabank Arena for the Raptors 905 against the Maine Celtics. Josh Elijah. Jesse McKay. How surreal is it to be here right now? This is going to be a packed out stadium. 19,000 screaming kids. This is going to be wild at 11 a.m. in the morning. This is crazy. Um, this is the earliest I've ever been here. And uh, looking to looking to have a good turnout. Lots of lots of kids here, lots of families. This brings me back to my OBA days going out for tournaments and right after you eat breakfast. The next thing you know, you're on the court playing ball. Uh, just looking forward to today game there are a couple notable injuries one of which is Marquise Noel but instead we now have Grady Dick on the roster uh, we had a chance to catch up with coach before the game wants to see more spacing as well and a, a lot of facilitating but what are you looking to see out of Grady Dick today as they take on the Celtics uh, just building out on his last game uh, he's looked pretty good since he came down uh, yeah we're just looking for him to uh, space the floor and just keep improving on his game, man. That's that's what he needs to do and get more reps in. And that's that's what this opportunity provides. Last game he put up 22. The previous game before that he put up two points. So we're looking to see a great effort out of Grady Dick as well. We're going to catch up with you after halftime. Cheers. Uh, assists are looking good. Um, what scenarios are you going to want to see more of going into today, especially with Marquise out? We've been pretty good uh, a paint touch team. We're finding a way to score in the paint right now pretty well uh, without shooting it as well as we, not, we can. Like We can shoot it a lot better than we have been. Um, and the assists are going to look even better if we can create better spacing. Um, when we're spaced well, we can attack the paint even more aggressively. And then when teams start to collapse because we have such great drivers, then the assists are even going to go up more because we're going to find these kickouts. So mm. we're trying to... Has our shot selection from three been perfect? By no means. Um, but we know if we can get even better, like feet set, catch and shoot threes, that number's gonna go up. And the pressure will put on the defense where now they have to make a decision regarding the three-point line or guarding the paint will help too. So that should help the assist and help the, the paint attack. So spacing's been a big point of emphasis. 
Well, like Kevin O'Banner had some people thinking about that last game between the threes he can hit and the work he can do in the post. Uh, what did you see from him in that game providing a lot off the bench? Yeah, he's super versatile and his one-on-one defense is really good too. His offensive rebounding is really good. Um, on the start of the year, we talked about our team's versatility and he's kind of like epitomizes that. He can play the, any of the front court positions, three, four, or five. Uh, he can score on the block, he can drive it. So. He's somebody that will we'll throw the ball to against the right matchups, uh, especially a team today like Maine who switches everything. It's a good opportunity to get him uh, a deep catch against a guard, and I don't think there's a lot of guards in the G League who can, can kind of handle him down there. Last question. I guess, oh, I, um, obviously you have created back the team today. What are you looking for out of him in this uh, second set of the team? Yeah, to keep up where he left off. Um, his second half of the last game, was awesome. He was flying all over the place, sprinting back on defense, getting deflections, getting blocks, uh, got a couple of really tough rebounds, uh, shot coming around, attacking the paint with so much force. Uh, it looked like the first few halves he was kind of not as aggressive as he's been with the parent club. And, and that happens. To, we've had a bunch of assignments who do the same thing over the years. Um, and then they realize, oh, I can start putting it in, in my own hands. And he found the right balance of aggression without taking away from the team. So. He's, he's turned the corner, I think, and then today will be a great opportunity to, to even take the next step and keep growing from where he's been. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. talk about the fight of your team, everything that happened in this game alone. Can you kind of talk about the character he's off Yeah, I mean, we have such a deep team of talent, but such a deep team of like great people as well. So everybody kind of like pulled their socks up. We had like some really high minute guys today. And everybody had to play big minutes, and everybody contributed who was able to step on the court. Even like Jalen was supposed to be questionable, probably wasn't supposed to play at all. Um, didn't play in the first half because we were trying to, and when we just ran out of bodies, he gave us some spot minutes. Made some great defensive rotations, some great, and like he was somebody who, like, his mindset was, I'm not even checking in today. So just to be able to do that is a huge compliment to him. Um, he stays ready, so he doesn't have to get ready. He's so mentally locked in. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's been in the league three different times. He's such a smart guy, so having him out there was awesome. So, uh, Coach, you saw a different level of defense, I think, today. Um, you guys made a good run to start that third, 20 to 8 run, uh, really set the tone for you guys. What did you see out there defensively that the guys kind of changed? Yeah. We definitely locked in more in the half court, but I, I would make the argument a lot of it was the offense, too. Uh, we came into half with 17 turnovers. And they were just running on us every time. Um, so the first half was all about the possession battles. We turned the ball over a ton, and they got a bunch of offensive rebounds. And if you do that, if you're not getting shots and they're getting multiple shots on every possession, I think we took 35 shots, they took 52, something like that in the first half. So it's tough to battle back from that. But the second half, we were able to take control of the ball a bit better and a little bit better job on the defensive glass. And if we do that, we're actually a pretty good half-court defensive team. It's just if you're giving teams run-out dunks, it's going to be pretty tough to guard, right? Coach, obviously, uh, to start the game, great to have the start that you would have wanted to. A couple turnovers, a couple fouls, but obviously, in that second half, you really came to life and uh, was one of the key members on the court. Can you just talk about the game and that transition from, you know, struggling but not getting down on himself and being able to come back from that? Yeah, I would say it was the, the last few minutes of the first half is when I really started to turn the corner. Floor spacing is so important for us. We talked about it pre-game, getting to the corners and, and opening up the court. And I thought he did an unbelievable job of sprinting to the corners early in the game. 
but then he kind of buried himself in the corners after that, and he's too good of a player to get stuck in the corners. So we made a conscious effort of, okay, in transition, if you spin to the corner, get to the corner, but after that, you're going to have to find your way back out to get more involved. Um, and he was able to do that, and he was able to come flying off screens, both off-ball and on-ball, and, and make plays on that. How important is Javon to what you guys are doing this season here and hopefully moving forward? Yeah. Um, you always need players on the court who can collapse the defense and touch the paint. And Bond is an unbelievable paint touch player. He finds his way to get downhill. And his shot has come along so well that now he can do both. So he can shoot if they go under or if they go over the top. He's collapsing into the paint and, and you trust him to make the right read every time, whether that's a finish or a kick out. And then to pair him with guys like Kobe and Ron and, and other guys who can be paint touch players as well and have him off the ball, now you're really in trouble when the ball kicks up to him and he's got an advantage. So if you're sprinting at him, he's going right by you. If you close short, he's knocking down the three. So he's a heck of a player for us, and, and he's somebody who kind of creates a lot of advantages. Congrats on the, uh, the big win today in your season high performance. Uh, you had some ups and downs in this game. You had another injury. I know you've been struggling with that this year, but can you just take us through how you managed to uh, not only finish the game, but put up your best performance of the season? Um, I mean, I got to give it a uh, shout out to my team. Um, I feel like they believe in me. Uh, the coach believed in me. Um, so I just gave it all I had out there. Um, I know I didn't, I didn't want to quit. So I just left it all out there on the floor. And the Raptors said to you, like, this is what we want you to work on this year to get you up with them? Um, yeah, just honestly being a leader, uh, hearing my voice. I'm kind of a quiet guy. So um, I don't really say too much, but just being a leader and always talking, um, uh, playing more of like a point guard role. Because I'm pretty like undersized as a, a two, so. How do you feel in that spot? And has Marquise helped or giving you tips? Obviously being out, but taking over that spot, sir. Uh, definitely, he's a big help to him because you know he's 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 one of those point guards. So at the end of his career, he's going to be a great a great guy, almost Hall of Famer. So um, taking in a little tips, and um, he's giving me. Um, and I just feel like just me being me um, is going to be challenging, but at the same time, I got it. Another big win that one. Another big game for you, and congrats on the first victory of the season. Um, off the bench again, immediate impact. Um, can you just take us through the, the story of the game, the ups and the, the downs, and obviously the big second half? Uh, I think just shout out to them kids. Uh, they brought a lot of energy, especially at uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, and uh, they had the place rocking. I know a couple of times we couldn't even hear ourselves, so uh, kudos to the kids for sure, and it will be a delight to have them back at our games. It was obviously a really concerning moment when OG went down and had to be taken off like that. Um, what was said at that moment to try and stay focused on the game? Uh, you know, just play for him. And I know a couple guys was had injuries, and you know, Ron and, uh, and Cole. So, you know, when one man goes down, they have to be the next man up. So just to try to get a win and, uh, you know, win for the kids and the crowd. And, you know, so just putting it all on the line and, you know, living with the results. Finally, for you, what was it like playing at Scotiabank Arena for the first time, NBA Arena? I, know, I felt good. Uh, I felt that I belonged, but you know, just taking it one step at a time. Or we got the win, but there's always rooms for improvement. So you know, just trying to stay humble. You know, not too high, not too low, and uh, you know, just come back to work on Sunday. Obviously, a really up and down game for you guys, but uh, that first win is so important. Uh, how did you enjoy today's experience with uh, all the fans? No, it was a, it was a great experience. Very loud, kids, very loud. Um, I think uh, we, we, we stuck to paying attention to detail. Um, very loud, so we were definitely locked in on the huddles, locked in. Everybody's locked in on what I was play calling when I was coming down the floor. So I think we did a very good job of staying poised, um, staying locked in, and uh, got a good W. 
17 turnovers in the first half, I think just five in the second half. What changed in the game? That was the main focus at halftime, just um, cleaning up turnovers and, and knowing that we could break away and get the lead. So we focused on that and uh, came down and, pretty, and got pretty good solid possessions each and, each and every play, uh, minus a few, but we'll, we'll live with those. What was it like working with Grady on this one? Coach said that uh, you were finding him in the right spots. Yeah, uh, yeah. You were leading him and making sure. For sure. Um, just, just, just want to keep him going. Um, I had a few plays where I feel like I could, I could have broke my man down, but he was already, he was hot. So I want to just keep feeding him, keep him going, keep him warm. Um, and he's a, he's a great player. So like once he, once he found his shot, uh, making the right plays, um, staying locked in defensively, uh, he can do whatever he wants out there. Congrats on the win. Uh, what's it like when you, you know, you got thrown into the fire basically when you first got here. Uh, what's your mindset like when you go into a team and you're expected to produce immediately? Yeah, I'm locked in with the staff. Came in, locked in on the plays, watching film. Um, I'm still learning as I'm going. I'm still learning. I'm still learning the plays, still learning um, teammates and everything. But as games go on, as practices go on, um, I get a better feel for everybody out there. So knowing how to coach, I'm, I'm throwing in, I'm running a one. So know how a coach wants to run his offense. Uh, that's a that's a very important job to win basketball games. So um, learn as I go, learn as a fly. But at the end of the day, it's basketball. I know what players need to be. I watch film on every guy on the team, and I watch film on the other team. So um, I think that's that's helping me out big time. Well, there you have it. First win for the Raptors, 9:05 as they knock off the Celtics, 125 to 114. Freeman Liberty with uh, the game of the season for him, 31 points. Grady Dick knocking down 21 points as well. What did you like out of Freeman Liberty's game and uh, how he was able to get some of his season highs even today? Yeah, he was um, he was all over the court on offense, defense, really spacing the floor for his teammates. Locked down uh, defense. Locked yeah. in defense for real. And honestly, just finding the right guys in the right places and making the right plays. Um, Definitely acting more of a floor general as well at yeah. certain points. Um, and his three-point shooting was spectacular as well. Yeah, and Grady Dick put on a great performance. What did you think about Grady's performance? I mean, a little, a little shaky to start off with. I mean, a few turnovers right out the gates, not the start that the, that the Raptors wanted, uh, but made some adjustments at halftime. And really, it was all about that floor spacing that Coach was talking about before the game as well, which was able to find him some uh, better looks from beyond the arc as opposed to just hanging out in the corner. Um, Kobe Simmons as well, an incredible game, just a rebound shy of a triple-double, just an all-around team performance as well to be able to give the Raptors 905 their first win of the season. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow along for all NBA content throughout the regular season. We're signing off here for Down by Two from Cryer Media. Cheers. Cheers. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty 
from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.